Episode number 40, Tip of Spear Leadership, Al Pratt. Keith Al Pratt's 20 years with the Northwestern Regional Fire and Rescue Department of New Jersey. Chief, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm super excited to be here with you today, Mike. Looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one, too. We, we were able to connect through LinkedIn, and we've had some really good discussions, build a friendship. Um, and, you know, just as anything else, I think, in life and the fire service, what I've learned is, you know, networking's everything. And, uh, you know, being an officer, you know, I don't want to say getting yourself out there is important, but really embracing that, um, you know, the whole concept of it takes a village to, uh, you know, to raise yourself into the leadership role. Um, also with the leadership role and what I want to get into today is, you know, I primarily focus on uh, being an officer, uh, being a company officer specifically. And I really like the broad stroke of the brush of leadership and, and I fine tune this into, um, you know, being a fire officer. Cause that's what we were here for, right? Fighting fires, helping people. Um, fighting fires is a lot of fun. It's, it's the, it's the cool, the sexy part of the job. And, um, you know, there's a lot more to it, but, you know, as we talked before, um, af uh, before we started recording is, you know, before you promote, you have to have a strong foundation. You, you have to have had some fires under your belt. Um, you need to be able to understand that, you know, you need to have experience to be an officer. You can't just, you know, read a few books, pass a promotional test, jump in the front seat, and then all of a sudden, now you're, you know, you're the, you're the man in charge or the woman in charge. It's just, it's just not how it works. Um, one thing I've learned is some of the most impactful and influential officers are the ones that may not have been the most uh, educated. They may not have a bachelor's degree, that kind of stuff. They may not be the biggest book smart guys. Um, you know, they're smart people, but uh, you know, they, they have this strong foundation. They've put out the fires. They, they, they cut their teeth um, in the streets, uh, pulling lines, putting out fires, throwing ladders, riding truck, ladder trucks, all those things, all those things that, that are just um, important. And, you know, again, like also what we talked about as well as, you know, if your department has a target of, you know, or your department has, you know, a standard of five years before you can take your first officer uh, promotional process or, you know, if you're in the volunteer world, your first uh, election, um, that should not be your target or not should be your goal is to, to meet the standards. Your goal should be to be um, proficient in your skills right. and your knowledge and your job, you know, brilliance in the basics and knowing your basic skill set because everything else can be adapted to whatever the situation is at hand. And, and, you know, you have to know what you're doing. So apologize for being a little long winded on that. No, I just good, know it's, all, it's all good stuff, man. You, you hit it right on the head. Um, the, the sad reality is that these, these are things you're, you know, being on a busy engine or being, being on a busy truck, having that experience in the street, cutting your teeth. These are things that, that are, may not be a luxury that that your department may may not have um you know they are depending on where you are within the country i can speak for new jersey um you know years back uh there was a change in politics where um you know there was a mass exodus of veteran seasoned company officers 
chief officers, firefighters for that matter, um, that, 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 you know, that left the job um, because they didn't want to lose their benefits. And um, my department became a very young department where, um, you know, for myself, I, I had barely three years to take the civil service exam for, for a company officer. Uh, you had to have a minimum of three years. And um, I barely, I, I had three years by 10 days. So I barely had enough time to even take the promotional exam. So um, it, we became a very young department. And, and that's that's been the case across New Jersey. Um, you, you see it across the country where you have very young uh, company and chief officers where it's almost it's almost like a uh, you know a kid in a in a single single household you you had to grow up a lot a lot faster than than you anticipated you know so um you, you would hope and and through leadership and having the right people at the right places in in your in your agency um you would hope that there's a system in place to develop these firefighters into leaders and and make sure that um, you're putting them in the best possible situation where they are getting the right experience, um, that they're, um, uh, you know, you're building leadership so that when they get to that position, um, it's an easier transition, but that's not necessarily the case. Not everyone that wants to get promoted wants to get promoted for the right reasons, just like not everyone that wants to become a firefighter wants to necessarily become a firefighter for for the right reason. You know, you got guys, when I teach at the fire academy, we have these young uh, recruits that come in, um, especially in the, um, you know, I don't want to say in the, in the, in the volunteer service, but, um, you know, we've seen it where, I mean, you have some very aggressive uh, professional volunteers, you know, that are coming in and doing a great, outstanding job. But a lot of times you, you see kids that come in, especially young guys, they come in and, and they're all, you know, full of piss and vinegar. They're wearing the fire department t-shirts. They haven't put one fire out yet, you know, but they want to wear the t-shirts. They want to have the stickers on their cars. You know, they don't know why they want to become firefighters. So again, you know, I don't mean to, you know, jump ahead, but you know, you, you would hope that people want certain positions and want to do a certain job for the right reasons. And I think it kind of starts there. Um, but, but yeah, you, you hit it right on the head. You, you know, you should want to develop yourself as a leader. You should want to make sure that you have a certain amount of experience, right? The good experience um, before you start, you know, commanding a fire scene or, or leading a company, you know, down a, uh, you know, down, down a, uh, a smoky stairwell um, or, or hallway, right? You want to have that experience to keep yourself and keep your guys safe. But unfortunately, that, that's not always uh, the case. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the other thing, too. And this is something that I've talked about on here. You know, it's come up. I think departments. I don't I don't want to say nationwide. I mean, I don't know if there's really a regulation on it. I mean, maybe there's an NFPA standard. If there is, I don't know. And maybe I'll, I'll probably go look that up. But Everyone has to have some type of structure as far as um, when they're going to promote someone, whether it's your volunteer and they have like you know, their bylaws or whatever, or if it's a career department, county government, city agency or whatever, and they set standards. I think those are all subjective to a system trying to create a hopper for the next guy and girl, the next, not girl, the, the next person in line. I don't know why I said it like that. But anyway, what I'm getting at is they need, they need to find a system to be able to have a continuous movement of filling positions, backfilling, I think um, actually the attrition, I believe, is the word, um, you know, with, when you have an attrition rate right. and both right. career and volunteer do, 
um, you have to find a way to self-sustain because if not, then you're going to find yourself in a position where you're understaffed or you don't have staffing coming in and that just creates, you know, right. anarchy really. But, um, you know, I, and I think those are guidelines. I, I don't think those are hard numbers. You know, I feel like maybe, you know, kind of looking back on my life, I think I matured a little later than normal people. I don't know why, but you know, whatever. Um, I think that's the same way in your career. I think there's people, I know there's people that have 20 years on 30 years, you know, 25 years, whatever, have no business doing what they're doing for a living. They have no business leading anyone in any way and probably should not be in public, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, you have grown adults that can't seem to put a uniform on correctly. They don't understand that there's a difference between a tennis shoe and, and a work shoe, you know, and I think there's people like that in a lot of places, you know, and, and it's, it's whatever it is, laziness, uh, incompetence, or just, they just don't care. But then you have people that have five, six years on, they're sharp. They just, they want to be there. They want to do the right thing. They want to go to fires. They want to be a firefighter. They want to be one of the guys. They want to have, you know, the brotherhood thing, um, creating that camaraderie. And, and yeah, time, and time on the job doesn't equal senior man Correct. status, you know, Correct. just because you, you know, you can have 20 years on a job and spend it in a, in a retirement home firehouse, right? And you have your, you know, we all know that firehouse that you consider it to be the retirement home, right? Within your department. Um, and you could spend 20 years in, in a company like that and not get the work, you know, that, that a five year, you know, firefighter may, may have, you know, uh, working in the hood. You know, sure. so I mean, that's, it's, it's, uh, you know, time on a job that it's not, it's not the same thing. Um, and people need to understand that. Um, yeah, I could also have, you could also have the, 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 the abstract to that or the opposite of that really is you could have a firehouse that doesn't run a lot of calls. And I mean, they may run a handful of fires a year or, or, you know, somewhat consistent, but not as consistent as your busy, busy companies. And those crews and shifts or whatever you want to call them, they'll run circles around guys that work in the busy, the really busy firehouses because they're prepared, they train, they talk, they, they, they stay engaged. And, you know, when those fires do come infrequently, they're prepared and they knock them out of the park rather than some people that, you know, yeah, you may work at a busy company and, and a company that's known to go to fires, but you really suck because you don't do anything or you're, you're, you're not proficient in your skill set or, you know, you don't have any experience. Now all of a sudden you get kind of thrown to the wolves, but you're not doing anything to fix that. Um, you know, as a tour commander, as a tour commander, I, um, I, I told my guys early on that I refuse to, to, to accept that we have one or two companies that are, um, you know, the companies that are a lost cause, or, you know, you get a guy that's a problem child and you bury him down at, at this company. Right. Um, I, I refuse for that to be the case because you're you're that company, you know, could be first due at three o'clock in the morning at, at a at a job with, you know, multiple entrapments and, and you know, your 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 oh shit moment, um, your your Super Bowl, right? And sure. um, if they're not prepared and, and so I made it a point that if if you're I'm I'm you know, on my tour, if you're a slow company or one of the slower companies, you're gonna become the training company. You know, so we have a truck company that that doesn't 
catch as much work as the other trucks. But guess what? Now that's the truck company. It's a tiller. Uh, you know, so we make sure that when we get guys trained, we send them up there, make sure that they train there. And that becomes our training company. And we make sure that they put in more time and effort um, when it comes to training and preparedness than anyone else. You know, and it's not about holding them to, to a different standard or higher standard. It's about, you know, identifying, you know, gaps, identifying uh, strengths and weaknesses, and then working uh, to make sure that um, you make everyone else around you, um, you know, stronger. Because, you know, like I said, that could be the one company, man, that's that's going to get there and, and, you know, has to make the grab. So, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, you know, when the when the citizens, I hate to say it like that, but like when the public see you come down the road, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where in North Hudson you are. They don't give a crap how busy no. or how slow you are. Their emergency, their situation, whatever it is, is what they need. So the whole point of that is going to be just like anything else of consistency across the board. They don't, they don't care. And, right. and, and you know, I, I hate the cliche terms and, and all that. I, I really don't like them, but, you know, the Super Bowl is going to get you when you least expect it, right? And unlike the NFL, there is no one established day of your of, – of, there's no one established Super Bowl with a date and a time. And you could have several Super Bowls in a row. You could have none in 20 years. Right. You could have a career call your first day. I know a person that I work with, their first day in the firehouse, they were I – don't, I don't know the exact amount of time they were there. It wasn't more than an hour or two, if that. And guys, first day, they get put out for an apartment building, multiple calls, fire and smoke, multiple rescues. They end up being cited for it as well. Um, and, you know, he first day out of the academy, thank God this dude was sharp, squared away. He was a previous volunteer in the department, always sharp when he was a volunteer, regardless of where he works or where he volunteered at, excuse me. And, and if he's listening, I think he's going to know who he is. So throw a little jab at him, but sharp dude. And they effected rescue, multiple rescues. They got their ladders together. You know, they put their truck in the correct position and um, they got, you know, the engines got the lines in place. They put the fire out, but he was able to seamlessly move right into the, into, into the team or into the, with the crew. And he didn't drag them down. If anything, he was just one part of the well-oiled machine, right? And that matters, you know. 100%. Um, you, you know, that's the point. Super Bowl, your very first day, and he stepped up, yeah. you know. Um, so with kind of with that being said, you know, like we talked about the other day, I want to get into a little bit. You had a fire that you uh, reached out to me about recently, um, which kind of ties a lot of this together, and, and, and I want to get into that. Um, so let, let's, let's walk through that. Um, you can give as much detail, as little detail as you want. I don't really know the situation um, as far as, you know, how much you want to get into it. So let's talk about that fire with, you know, you had those guys that get, a couple guys got hurt, a couple made yeah, days. So we, so we, we, we had some, some uh, pretty serious near misses, um, an entire ladder company um, on a roof, um, operating on a roof of an exposure uh, building attached. Um, uh, and there was a what we think was a, a smoke explosion in the cockloft of that exposure building, um, not the fire building, uh, the exposure building itself. And I don't want to get too into too much details. Sure. Um, but what I what I would like to say regarding that was um, those guys they had some pretty serious injuries, and luckily 
um, they they have they still have their lives. And um, as when this uh, roof uh, went off, when when it took off, um, these guys got thrown up, thrown in the air, um, and fortunately they landed. Um, on the surface of the roof, so it became a a rescue operation of these firefighters that uh, were surface search victims, so to speak, um, on this collapsed building, um, and the firefighters that were operating in a in the fire building itself um, also had some maydays and and some injuries because the ceiling on the top floor at the same time as the explosion took uh, took place that ceiling blew down on them as well uh throwing one guy down the stairs throwing another guy down the hallway um and and uh, there were several maydays that took place for both uh the company that was operating on the exposure roof and also the, the rescue company members that were operating inside the fire building um what i think is is an important takeaway from this incident um and again without getting into the specifics because it's still being investigated um is that all the training that 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 we've put together and that we've stepped up over the past few years, uh, mayday training, uh, command and control, um, you know, RIT, RIT ops, search and rescue, um, you know, some, some rope operations, some small, you know, basic tech rescue stuff, patient packaging, uh, Stokes basket, all, all these things that that we've uh, stepped up the training on. Um, came to fruition and, and really played a key role, pivotal role in making these grabs and making these rescues. Now, prior to this explosion happening, there, there were people, multiple people trapped in the fire building, which they were rescued uh, prior to the explosion. Uh, Citizens ladders, Yeah. Yeah. Ground okay. ladders were used. Um, ground ladders were used for the occupants within the building. Um, they had to get them out because they were trapped. And, uh, you know, some of these uh, citizens had smoke inhalation. They went to the hospital as well. Um, so, so, and, and fire was blowing out of the, uh, the second floor window. So it seemed to be a pretty bread and butter uh, operation um, at the beginning um, of this incident what, prior to the explosion. What, what kind of building was it? Just, so I, mean, just, a, I guess to give kind of paint a little yeah, bit yeah. of, so, I, again, so you don't have a, to get into too much, just that's paint okay. a picture. So, so Burger Line Avenue is a very busy, busy thoroughfare. Um, it, this, this, uh, so one of these, we cover five cities. Um, and one of the cities that we cover is uh, West New York, New Jersey. Um, mm -hmm. And it is one of the most densely populated cities in, in the country. Um, so we actually, two or three of our, the cities that we cover are known to be the dense, most densely populated uh, cities in the country. Uh, so um, very tightly packed, um, urban, uh, you know, busy. Uh, so on Bergenland Avenue, you have a lot of restaurants and businesses uh, where you have, you, know, you have your mixed occupancy, your business on the first floor, and then you have two to three floors of residential above. Uh, so that it was a corner building on Bergenland Avenue, um, a, uh, a three-story uh, ordinary you know, type three uh, building uh, business on the first floor uh, with three levels of residential above uh, with a flat roof. Uh, attached on the Delta side, or depending on where you know where you're from in, in in the country, it could be you know your four side. But uh, you know to the right of that building was attached a, uh, a two story, um, ordinary building with an apartment on the second floor and a and a business or a restaurant on the first floor. So that that you know, strip of buildings was similarly attached for the rest of the block, and so that's what we were dealing with, um, and. Um, 
And so a lot of residents, a lot of a lot of you know citizens, a lot of people you know on the street, um, you're watching and seeing what's going on. It's a five thirty on Thanksgiving, uh, so it's 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 very busy. Um, and so yeah, we had a lot a lot going on. So you know, hopefully that that paints the picture. Um, the the Bravo, uh, excuse me, the Delta building. All right, so this is a corner building. The fire building is a corner building. Uh, the Delta building, which is a two story ordinary, had a uh, a parapet wall in the front, a small parapet wall. Um, the first ladder truck went up to the roof of the fire building uh, uh, while rescues were being made by the rescue company uh, and another engine company inside the fire building. Um, lines were being stretched. Additional ladders were being placed for alternate means of egress. So everything was going according to plan, according to our SOP, according to fire tactics and strategies. You know, you get companies on the roof right away so we can open up the uh, bulkhead door and get allow the superheated gases to escape. I mean, everything was going according to plan when, when this when this thing blew. Um, and the guys were able to use their training and preparation. Everyone from the incident commander, uh, who did an excellent job of command and control at the incident, managing something where he thought that he lost an entire company. Um, you know, maydays were called. Our dispatcher did an excellent job of of, of managing the maydays, um, relaying that information. Um, PARs were done. Uh, we got control of the incident right away. We're able to pull people out or, or you know, go defensive temporarily so that we can pull everybody out of the building while we focus our uh, rescue operation on the roof of the Delta exposure where the firefighters were, uh, were trapped. Um, and again, just using their training, using their, um, their skills, things that they've practiced on. Uh, these are things that we train on all year round. Um, you know, in North Hudson, we have... Um, the training is set, and you know that every month we're going to work on uh, a certain list of 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 uh, you know fire ground tactics and skills that we're going to train on, and and these guys are obviously doing it right. We we make it a point to as chief officers to uh, to observe the training and be part of the training, um, give our input right, um, and make sure that it's happening for a reason because this is a very dangerous job. And even when everything is going right, or even when everyone is doing what they're supposed to do bad things can happen, right? And you have to be able to adjust and adapt and, and, and do what you need to do to um, put your skills and training into, into action and, and affect the rescue. And that's exactly what they did. They did an excellent job of, of getting up there and removing four firefighters uh, off the roof that have very serious, uh, very serious injuries. Um, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into the details of the injuries, but sure. you know, they all went to the hospital and, and, uh, and so, you know, thankfully now they're, they're on the mend, um, and, uh, everyone's lucky uh, to, 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 you know, to, to be alive. But, um, you know, a lot of guys said to me, I'm glad we trained on this. I'm glad we trained on that. I'm glad this is what we do. And we, you know, they were prepared. They were ready for the worst possible day without even realizing it, that they were ready. Cause you always fall back, right? We talk about cliches, but some things are kind of worth repeating, right? So like when you fall back to your level of training, right? That that's a true thing. That that's a, a, a true statement. And that was absolutely the case that night. You fall back to your level of training and everything worked out the way it was supposed to work out. You know, and that's not even a cliche saying when you use it in that context, in my opinion, that's real world, a real world example of, you know, an experience. It's a foundation, if you will, you know, and, and we talked, I, mean, I think it was, I think it was when we talked the other day when I called you, but, um, you know, you were very clear that, you know, you did not have command of that call. Um, that was another chief, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you're involved because of your position in the department. However, it ties into the whole fact of 
in the fire in correct me if I'm wrong on this in the fire department, having a Super Bowl fire isn't always a good thing, right? It's, it's the thing you have to prepare for it. It's the thing that, you know, the low frequency, high, um, high risk. risk. Yeah. yeah, The high risk calls, they're going to, they're going to get you when you, when, when you, when you least expect it. And, you know, you have to prepare for that. So, you know, if I, and please correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you do a lot of the training for your department, right? Yeah. So when I, when I got promoted to, uh, to deputy chief, um, I, I was already the, uh, chief of special operations. Um, and when I got promoted to deputy chief, I was assigned to headquarters staff for, I don't know, six to eight months. And during that time period, I, uh, I became uh, the training officer as well. Uh, so, uh, for that time, when I, from the time that I first got promoted until just recently, we just uh, promoted a bunch of guys, uh, yesterday or two days ago. Um, and there's a battalion chief that just, uh, you know, got promoted and, and he's going to take over as a training officer, but I'm going to work with him for the next several months just sure. to make sure everything is uh, lined up. And I'm always going to be there as an advisor anyway. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, so I, I was, uh, I've been and, and currently still am the, uh, the, the training officer, uh, for, for our department. So, so the, and what I'm getting at is, you know, you're a battalion, do you have captains and lieutenants in your department or just captains? Just captains. We don't have lieutenants. So I was going to say, I, I knew some places in New Jersey, um, I guess that's a civil service thing, if I understood yes. it correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. So, but you've been a captain. Um, you were a firefighter before that, obviously, and, and you have time under your belt and you know, the whole point, the point of what I'm, what I'm making is, you know, you, you're someone that cut your teeth in, on, on a fire truck, right? You, you didn't, you know, uh, spend a time, a lot of time on light duty or go into an office immediately after promotion, then come out and try to get into the field or, you know, you know, there's people out there that, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's just, you know, it may not have its place in, in putting out fires and, and being proficient. Um, and there's always, you know, people that don't fall, fall into this mode, but sometimes there's people that kind of disappear and you don't see them for a while and then they pop out of chief. Yeah. And and it's funny because you you mentioned there's nothing wrong with it, but I think, you know, and I I think you're being, Uh, right. There is something wrong with it. And I'm just going to put it out there. You know, and if you stay in your lane, there really isn't anything wrong with it. If you know, that's kind of your thing and you know, you want to go in and, and, and work in an office. Good. Yeah, but, but what, the, problem what I, is, the problem is with us is that you're not <clears throat> just us, just anywhere else. You never know where you're going to end up. And you might think that you're going to have a cushy office job until you're sitting in an office and there's a multiple alarm job and you got to go and respond. And and that chief officer, uh, that's that's the incident commander or the safety officer, or whoever it is. Now you got to fill you know, step into his or her shoes and, 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 you know, and make it work. And then, and it's like, then you have your oh shit moment, you know? And, and so I made it a point that, that for me, when, when, so I had mentioned before that, that uh, I barely had three years on, I barely had enough eligibility to take my first captain's exam. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I remember sitting in a firehouse kitchen and I'm reading the books, right? I think I was reading Norman and I'm reading Norman and, and a firefighter walks by who, this guy is, I respect him so much. He's one of my favorite captains on the job right now. At the time he was a firefighter, he walks by and, and he, he, as he's walking out of the kitchen, he comes back in and looks at me and goes, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just reading. He goes, you taking the test? I said, yeah. I said, the test is coming up. I'm, I might as well take it. He goes, ah. He goes, 
there's no way you're going to get promoted. He goes, you you don't have enough seniority because there is seniority points that play into it with the civil service. Yeah. He goes, you don't have enough time. Even if you do well, there's no way you're going to overcome your lack of seniority. He goes, why, why don't you uh, stay in your lane, kid? Or something like that. He said. <laughs> and and, and oh. I'm a Marine, bro. You tell me I can't do something. I'm going to do it. Right. So I said, yeah. and at that, up to that point, I was just reading just to, yeah, I didn't want to embarrass myself at the yeah. test. Right. I want, I want to have a pretty decent showing. So I said, you know what? Now, now I'm a hit it. Now I'm Give really a nice gonna... middle finger, a nice yeah. middle finger. Somebody tells you something like that and isn't saying it to, <laughs> to, to push you. They're saying yeah. it because they may not have that great of intention. Yeah, I, thank there's no better. I thank him for that yeah. comment, man, because I, I really turned yeah. it on after that. And um, sure shit, man, the, the, eligibility list came out and and I scored towards the top of the list and he was nowhere to be seen on that list. And, um, and, and I was promoted on that first round. And I remember I got promoted. I was in my fifth year as a firefighter and, and there were guys on my department. They were like, who the hell is Pratt? Like I never even met this guy. He's going to be a captain. Um, and it was myself and another, uh, uh, another firefighter that we were in the Academy together, uh, that we did really well on the promotional exam. But, um, I, when when I knew that that was happening, I made it a point to always be in a busy company to to ask for assignments and and it just worked out sure. that way. At least at first, as a probie, I was assigned to to one of the busiest engine companies, which was also a squad company um, in West New York, New Jersey, and 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 we were busy, man. We were going to jobs all the time, and so I made sure to always you know stay involved and, and express my interest in in going to the truck, express my interest to you know do special ops, express my interest to be involved. Cause I've seen guys that, that request, you know, request to get assigned at least temporarily to a slow company so that they can study. You know, I'm like the opposite. I wanted to be in a busy company so that I have the experience so that before I start leading uh, a crew of firefighters, I want to know that I've done it. You know, before I say, look, we got to stretch a line into this building. I, I want to know I've done that a hundred times before I say that we need to get on the roof of this building here. Right. Or, or, you know, descend the, uh, the gooseneck and do VES. I want to know that I did it right before I, I lead someone to do it, but not everyone has that, um, you know, has that mindset, but I, it was something I always prided myself on, uh, in, and also, you know, just keeping, you know, reading the books and, and, and just being a, a student of, of the fire service, you know, for that matter, you know, taking classes and trying to learn as much as I could, because, you know, I knew I was going to be a young officer and I, and I had a lot to prove, you know, sure. it was tough. I had to prove it, you know? Yeah. I, I got hired in the department early. Um, I was young when I got hired and then I took, I took my first promotional test and got made off the same list. Um, I had eight years on and the, the, or at least you can promote to a lieutenant. We have lieutenants. Um, is you have to have five years on, and I knew at five years I felt like I wasn't actually mature enough, like just mentally mature enough. Um, you know, I didn't really think I had what it took yet, and I wanted to have a good foundation of being a, being a firefighter. And I'm creeping up on ten years of being a lieutenant. It's almost it's right at the nine year mark now. So the next captain's test, I'll hit 10 years. So that's almost 10 years as a firefighter, almost, you know, 10 years as a lieutenant and then um, move on to the next rank and, and, you know, maybe take the chief's test. I got to make captain first. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm getting at was, uh, it was, it was I say that in jest, but it was, um, you know, uh, to be, to have a well-rounded 
um, foundation. And, and the reason why I say that is I've been, like I said, I've been a Lieutenant for nine years right now, and I'm just starting to figure it out to where I'm like, okay, this situation popped up. I know where to start. I'm not really sure what to do, but I know where to start because I feel, and you could probably attest to this as well. Um, you know, you don't get things get dropped in your lap multiple times a day and they don't even have to be anything super duper serious, but things are going to get dropped in your lap every single day. And you feel like you've never really handled that situation before. Like, Oh shit, I don't know what to do with that. How do I do now? Yeah. Right. And I feel like that's, I I learned something from every single job, even now. And if, and if you, anyone that tells you that, Oh, there's no situation that they're they're full of shit. Every, every, you're going to learn something from every single job. And then the, well, the hard part too, is it's not just the fires, like the fire, Quite frankly, the fires are the easiest part, and, I, and I'm sure you probably know a guy named Ed Glassman. Um, yeah, he 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 said he said it best. He's like I he's like I would rather have a thousand shitty fires that may not go great or I make mistakes than one personnel problem. He's like I would rather have that any day of the week yeah. than have yeah, those, one those single. Fires, those fires suck. <laughs> yeah, those are the fires that that are harder. They're to not fun, you know. Obviously. Stuff. Ones people don't get hurt, you know, worse, but, um, so, but yeah, so, and that's kind of started how I, how I started feeling at this point now as being an officer, you, you know, like that's almost nine years, like then like three months or, you know, a couple months would be nice or so whatever, nine months, nine years. Um, and I start feeling that now imagine people that are, and this isn't directed at anyone. This is just a conversation. Imagine someone in a system where you have lieutenant captain battalion chief they have six or seven years on and they're already a captain yeah or you have a, a you know a battalion chief that has nine years you know hypothetically um what experience do they really have I'm not saying they're not good people I'm not saying they're not experienced i mean there's places in the country where a year there is like 15 years 10 years in other places there's probably yeah. even things in, in some departments one year in a, in a battalion or a firehouse one year there is like 10 years in another battalion just down the road. It, yeah. It's all relevant. And, and I think, again, it all, all roads lead to the individual and their preparation and, and, and their, their, um, their knowledge and, and what they do to prepare. And that's exactly um, it. it. It's really, it really comes down to, to the individual. Um, and, and time I, I, is not a, I don't believe that time is, is a good gauge as to whether or not um, they have what it takes some people come into the fire service with certain skills and abilities already. Um, we, we've, um, the majority, I want to say about two thirds, at least two thirds of our personnel of our manpower, um, are military veterans. And over the past three years, we probably hired, um, almost everyone that we've hired over the past three to five years are all military veterans. When I first became a battalion chief, um, and, and I was, uh, you know, involved with training, um, I had my first uh, training class at the fire academy um, that I was supervising, and it was 37 firefighters. Every single one of them were combat military veterans. A lot of these guys come in with um, a certain set of skills um, that maybe other people may not. So, you know, myself, I I was I was a sergeant in the Marines. I was a sergeant as a a juvenile detention officer uh, before. before getting on a job and and, uh, and becoming a firefighter. Um, and so I was able to bring that set of skills when it comes to handling personnel issues 
uh, when it comes to leadership, when it comes to handling those, you know, firehouse kitchen uh, fires, so to speak, that I think for me anyway, uh, made it a little bit easier for me. And it was a little bit easier to have that, make that transition from, you know, being a firefighter to, to being a boss. Um, because I, I, I've been there before, even though the fire service is a whole different, unique animal. I think when it comes to leadership, when it comes to personnel issues, um, when it comes to dealing with people and emotions, and when it comes to, um, when it comes to that, I think they're, they're, uh, pretty constant, uh, across the board, um, when it comes to, you know, first responders and military. So. Um, you know, and then you have your, 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 your firefighters that, that may not have military experience, but, you know, are in the trades, you know, and, and can swing a hammer and, and, and have construction knowledge. And, you know, so, and then you also have your firefighters that have volunteer experience prior to, you know, being on a fire service where they, they have a good amount of experience. So, I mean, it's really, it's really as a case by case, uh, thing. And, you know, when it comes to civil service in New Jersey, um, there is no way around that. It's the minimum is you got to have, you know, three years uh, by the time the application expires, um, uh, the application deadline, and uh, and that's it. You know, that's 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 the minimum requirement, and so and, and that's what you have to work with, and so that's when it becomes incumbent upon us as fire service leaders to make sure that we develop our personnel, and start young and right away. You know, as soon as they're probies and they're, they're fresh out of the academy, start working on them right away. Develop them into leaders. They, you could be a leader as a probationary firefighter in your own right. You know, everyone, as long as everyone stays in their lane, everybody could be a leader. So you start working on them early so that when they get to that point where they're either acting as officers, right? Because we have, not every department has that, right? Um, we have, you know, where we, we would have an acting officer, right? We have to, and, and they're not promoted. They're just a firefighter that's acting as a captain for the tour, right? We have to develop those guys, you know, into, into leaders prior to them stepping into that position. Yeah, and it all comes down to foundation, like we, or not foundation, well, foundation, but, um, and experience as well, and, 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 and having that knowledge and skill set through preparation and work ethic. And, you know, it's kind of funny you talked about the acting officer thing. So we do the same thing, um, except you typically will act for um, a period of time. So, you know, you don't, we don't have people that step up and act anymore. Like that used to be a thing. So when I was a firefighter and when I first got promoted, actually, uh, we only had four people assigned to a firehouse. So if the ambulance got a call and the ambulance left, it's just you and the driver. And, you know, it's just two guys on a fire truck. So we also had two man shift houses, which I did as a firefighter as well, which the captain and, and the driver would leave at three o'clock. But the two firefighters were 2472. So they would stay behind. If the volunteers were there, you'd go out the, out the door with whatever. And typically the career firefighter would ride the seat. So at three o'clock, you leave or your captain leaves or and it's typically a captain because it's their shift work firefighter. So a captain has to manage them for our union contract. Um, so they weren't a lieutenant. So your captain would leave and now you're in charge. Well, you're responsible. You're not in charge, but you're <laughs> responsible, right? The two you're career liable. guys are always going to be you're responsible. Liable. Who shows up, right? You're liable. I think liable is a better. Liable, liable. Liable, is a, <laughs> liable is a good one. Yeah, I, I got some experiences with that. I'm, I'm not going to get into them here. But nah, we can talk off camera about that one. I got some good ones you're going to get a pretty good kick out of. But anyway, so now, you know, nights and weekends, it's you. So you're dealing with citizens. You're doing size-ups on boxes. It's you and your driver. 
unless you're lucky and there's some volunteers. But that doesn't mean anything either because, you know, you're you don't get a choice of who the volunteers are that show up. The guys that show up are they just show up and yeah, now they're here. Yeah. yeah. You know? So we had those situations where you had the opportunities um to act or to be an officer, ride the seat without actually being an officer. And the guys did it like right out of the rookie book. We're right out of recruit school. You know what I mean? You got a guy that's his just for conversation's sake, we'll say six months in, and now he's riding the front seat of a fire truck with Bill, the driver, who may only have three or four years, and they're showing up first do house fire. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Hopefully, That's they crazy. hopefully they do well, and, and we did well, I think. But for us, the acting officers um, is typically something you would do before promotion. So, like, I went acting, and then um, yeah, uh, we have to be paramedics to promote, which. Um, is our department's thing. So, uh, you know, you you would actually jump off of a medic unit and go right to uh, officer candidate school, and then you go right into um, you can act, or they can make you right off the break. But we acted for like I was acting for like a month. So, you know, nationwide, I think though, there's a lot of people that have those first actors, and right. you know, I know Baltimore City does it. A good friend of mine, he's uh, he's in the pipe band I'm a part of, and he he first act, he's a first actor all the time. You know, anytime his officers off, they don't backfill with another officer; they backfill with him. So the yeah. whole point is now he goes from being one of the guys tillering or driving the front of the truck, and now he's in charge. He's right. responsible and all that. Yeah, but he still has to lead them. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that is a that is an interesting transition, I think. And you know, maybe we could think on this for a little bit too, or talk about this for a little bit too. You know, that transition, you know, from from the back or from being one of the guys to being the officer is a change in responsibility, but not a change in your work ethic. And and, and I think the leadership always and you said it, you hit it right on the head with teaching them in recruit school, the leadership and foundation and knowledge needs to start before that. Right? We talked about that and, and I want to continuously, I don't want to repeat myself or talk in circles, but you know, all that has, all that foundation has to be there and you have to lay the roadwork beforehand because the people that you walk into the firehouse, they're going to know who you are before you get there, right? That's just the way it is. And I work in a department that's large, your department, other departments or your department, excuse me, um, maybe a different size than mine. There's departments out there that have like 200 dudes, you know? So it's a very small, small, tight knit community, you know, and nationwide statistically on the, the census, you know, the net national census and all that, they consider an ex- a very, very small town, 2,500 people. So think about that on yeah, a census yeah. level, they're saying right. that's extremely small. And we have departments out here that are two, three, four, six hundred 600 people. You know, right. so they're going to know exactly who you are, what you've done, where you've been. And the biggest thing, which ties into, we got a little off track of it, but ties into the hiding in the offices, hiding in slow companies, you know, always on light duty, always banging out, sick, all that crap. They're going to know all that too. Well, your your resume is going to get there before you do. Because they're going to know if they've seen you on the fire brigade. They're going to know if they've seen you in house fires. They're going to know. And I've heard this all the time. I've heard this from just my travels at, um, in working, uh, you know, working overtime and, and this kind of stuff in my department is I've heard people talk about 
individuals where they're like, I don't think I've ever seen them on a fire truck. I don't think I've ever seen them put out a fire. I've never seen them on a fire. Or my personal favorite is X, Y, and Z. I don't think I've actually met that person ever in face, face to I know who they are. I don't think I've ever been in the same room with them. I've never seen them on, an, on, a, on a fire truck. I've never seen them on a fire ground. I've never seen them in training. I've never seen that person. I've never seen them in person. Yeah, that's you, important. You want to you know you want to know what someone's made out of. Bring them into the firehouse kitchen. It's like the great equalizer. Bring them into the firehouse kitchen, and you'll know right away who who hide. You can only hide, but so much, you know. And yeah. and you know, so eventually, you know, the guys know in the firehouse kitchen, they're not they they're gonna know who's who and what's what. And and you know, you could try to pull the wool over the eyes of your friends and families that don't know any better. But in the firehouse, you can't you can't pull that. <laughs> if you're the guy, if you're the guy that hides, right? You're, you you can hide from everyone else, but you're not going to hide from firefighters. They're going to know. Um, in time, you know, they're going to find it. Absolutely, they're going to find out in time. They're going to find out. You know, when you talk about sizes of of you know manpower and this, that, and the other, uh, we're 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 just under three hundred. My department, we we are low considered low staff right now. Uh, we're just under three hundred, and we. We protect about we we protect five we cover five cities, uh, very urban, densely populated um, areas. So, um, e- even like these slower companies uh, that that I talk about, they're they're getting work, and and yeah. and and if you're on the line, if you're working on the line, like you know, if you're not assigned to office staff, um, there there really isn't many places that you can actually hide. So, um, you know, these that's why I make it a point to make sure that we develop these guys and and work with them because you can't have a weak link because that's going to that's going to screw up the entire operation right that first alarm that first due company arriving on the scene is going to set the stage for for everything else that happens right and if that first arriving company engine ladder whatever it is even if it's a chief officer if 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 you know if they don't utilize sound you know fire ground strategies and tactics command and control everything else is going to fall apart right so so yeah just kind of going back to that it's it is crucial it's important uh to to develop your 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 uh your your firefighters at at every single level you know at every single level and that's the hardest part like you know taking a promotional exam is difficult right there's a reason why um why we fill our classes there's a reason why we're promotional prep we're constantly filling our classes and we get guys from all over not just new jersey um but we get new york connecticut uh, down by you guys, Philly. We just did a program with Philly. There's a reason why we get students from all over. Um, and but as hard as the test is, and I'm not taking away from the difficulty of the test, but it's even harder once you get promoted to to now actually be an officer and lead men and women and keep them safe and protect the citizens and protect property and and you know and and realize that you have two goals, right? You have a short-term goal of making sure that your crew goes home at the end of your shift safe and sound and then you have a long-term goal of making sure that you live well into retirement and enjoy your benefits after you put in the hard work right and that comes from keeping your crew safe uh keeping your crew healthy when it comes to mental health uh when it comes to um you know cancer prevention and awareness when it comes to um you know uh, staying in shape Right. All these things are important. And, and, and this is something that you have to realize that as a supervisor, as a boss, as a leader, chief, captain, it doesn't matter. Right. You're in charge. 
that your responsibility is so much greater now. And you have to be willing and eager to accept that new role. And if you're not ready to do that, if you want to just collect a paycheck um, and say, you know what, I want to get promoted because it's extra money. If that's your driving force and your goal, you're going to fail. You're going to fail yourself and you're going to fail those that are looking up to you to lead them and keep them safe. Yeah. I mean, quite frankly, the promotional test and process is probably the easiest thing of being an officer, quite frankly, because so, and this is something else I wanted, wanted to convey, you know, as a firefighter, I've had new officers and, you know, some things were seamless, no big deal. And some things were not that great, um, you know, throughout my career, um, as a firefighter and, you know, one person in particular sticks out to me, you know, he came in the first day and goes, look, new officer, I don't have a whole ton of experience. I know some, he wasn't talking to me. He was talking to some of the other guys on my shift because I didn't have a lot of time on at that point. But he's like, you know, one of the, you know, two, three of the firefighters had more than 10 years at that point. He's like, you guys have more experience than I do. And, and I understand that. And, and there's things that he's like, as an officer, I can do certain things that you can't. But with your experience as a firefighter, you're going to be able to know and do things that I, I don't know yet. And I'm going to I'm going to heavily rely on you when I know I need your help. So that needs to be I think that needs to be a balance. And I want to learn from you. I'm going to do my best to teach you things that I may know that, you know, whatever uh, or that I may. Uh, you know, may be able to help you with and, um, you know, we'll fill in the gaps together as, as a crew, um, you know, as a team and that that person understood the basics of being a firefighter. He just didn't have a ton of experience, you know, like he understood how to read a map. We could get there. He knew to lay out, pull, he knew to have us pull a line, you know, but what he didn't know was certain things like trick addresses or, you know, some of the nuances between, I think one of them, if I remember correctly, one of the nuances was going to be kind of some of the strategies when it comes to, you know, an ordinary construction flat roof versus, you know, a, pitched roof garden apart, uh, pitched roof, um, ordinary construction, right. Understanding that, you know, cause for us, I don't want to say we don't vent, but we've, it's a whole different conversation, but basically, um, if you have a flat roof, ordinary construction apartment building fire on the top floor, you have to, vent, right. Just mm-hmm. yep. for a broad stroke of the brush. And he understood that, but he also didn't quite understand a few of the certain strategies for that. So he'd say, Hey, look, you know, we just, we ran this box, you know, it ended up not being a whole lot. And we stayed afterwards and talked for 15, 20 minutes. And it was like two in the morning and no one was upset about it. Everybody was freaking in on it. He's like, Hey, I know it's early. He's like, I know, or I know it's late. I know you guys are tired, but Hey man, I I haven't seen this before. Like, can you run through, through this real quick? And the dudes with experience without a skipping a beat, we stayed and talked for like 20 minutes, whatever. We'll go home, go to sleep later. Or, you know, whatever, we'll figure it out. You got three days off. Who gives a shit how tired you are when you leave? I mean, this is important. We need to talk about this stuff. And what I ended up learning and seeing over time was he did have some shortcomings when it came to operations, but always had the right attitude, wanted to learn, admitted his mistakes. And then any mistake we made was added into the drilling we would normally do anyway. Right? So... It was really good, and and he knew that he didn't have as much experience as a, as a couple of the other guys, and those would be his go to. Yeah. You know, he 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 took he had a really good command presence, and 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 he would 
immediately, you know, he would be in charge. He had the, you know, look the part, be the part, act the part, all that. He had all that down. It's just some of his skills weren't that great, but he knew those guys were. So he would go to them to help him sharpen his skills, make up, you know, when he did make the mistakes or he did have whatever it is he needed to fix, he would go to them to get it fixed. And over time, it was great. You know, it really was. And then what I think helped him a lot, and I guess this is the point that I'm making, it was when it was his time to be the officer and have those uncomfortable conversations, stick up for people, and knowing knowing how to pick and choose your battles, he was sharp, like real sharp. So over time, hey, you have some shortcomings. I know you're not that great at X, Y, and Z. Well, I'm going to do my best to make you look good and shore that side of it up, right? You know, and and when it came to, hey, I need I, I need you to be the lieutenant. I need your help. Hammered it. When I screwed yeah. up, pulled me aside, hammered me because I was still young then, yeah. you know, and I think having an officer come in like that where, yeah, or being the officer going in like that, you know, hey, I don't have a, as much as experience or I'm, I'm a new officer, but I know how to be a firefighter. I know how to talk to people. I know how to take care of the firefighters because I've been taken care of as a firefighter by firefighters and by officers. And I give a shit, right? If you have people that come in like that, I think eventually over time, they're going to be okay. I'd rather you not be as experienced. I don't think I had to say this. I would rather you know your shortcomings and we work through those together because your shortcomings could be my strengths and my strengths could be your shortcomings. You know what I'm trying to say? I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know what you're but saying. You know it's, what I'm saying, it's, right? It's, it's our, about it's about being humble. Balances. It's about being humble, and that's what, really what it comes down to. Is is your your self? You have a self awareness, right? And you're humble. You're not you're not going to try to, you know, make believe you know everything, right? You're you're humble, and I think that's huge. That's such a huge leadership trait, right? Is being humble. You have to be humble. Sure. Um, not too and, humble. And not not what you have to be humble. It's not self-deprecating, but you want to you want to be humble, right? Yeah. Um, and it's important. It's important, especially when you know that you're not that there's work that you need to do, right? Know yourself yeah. and seek self improvement. It was a leadership principle that they taught us in, in in the Marine Corps, right? You know yourself. You're gonna seek to self improve and find the best way that you can make that happen, you know. And a, a lot of that it, that officer, right? He had an officer probably that showed him the way or worked, like mm-hmm. you said, worked with a crew that showed him the way. He learned from that experience. I, I had, when I was a probie, my first captain um, was known to be the most aggressive, one of the most aggressive captains on the job, right? I'm not talking about aggressive. like aggressive attitude. I'm talking about aggressive fighting fires, right? Okay. He was one of the okay. most, like he was in there. Do you know that if there was a fire and and you wanted it out, you wanted that captain in there, right? Captain Ballister, you wanted him in there, Okay. Um, and he was my first captain as, as a probie and at two o'clock, as much experience as he had salty, you know, a lot of fire experience. He lived and breathed the fire service. Okay. He still does. And through his retirement, um, two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, you know, when everyone else was wrapping up and picking up and going back home, we were there on the fire scene and he was showing me things about fire escapes or showing me, you know, something about the basement or the building construction or whatever the case is. And 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 we would stay there and learn 
um, you know, through the night. And it was something that I loved. In fact, whenever I would get assigned to another company, like when he was on vacation and I would get assigned to another company, because as a probie, you have to be with a, with a company officer, not with an acting officer. Um, I would go to another officer and they, they knew right away that I came from squad 10 and, and, and I knew my shit, you know, and it was like, all right, you know, he's good. You know, he's trained. We know who he was trained by, you know? So when I became an officer and I had, you know, barely five years on the first, the crew that was assigned to me was a very seasoned senior crew. And I was by far much younger and less experienced than these guys. And that was almost verbatim, the conversation I had with these guys, right? What you just said, you know, and, um, you know, I know that the dep my deputy at the time, he, he did that on purpose. He assigned me to that company on purpose because he knew that, you know, really? he was going to make sure that I was working with a crew that was going to help me along. And that's exactly the way it worked. And he made sure that I was with a seasoned crew that were going to help me along. And that's exactly what happened. And so as I started moving up the ranks, not moving up the ranks, as I started feeling my being more comfortable in my position as a captain, I ended up moving from there back to uh, the company that I started in. And then I went from there to a ladder truck. And when I got assigned to the ladder, I was assigned with some senior guys. And I said to them, look, I've been on an engine. Um, I've been assigned to the ladder here and there. I'm not a, a ladder guy, but I've been assigned to the ladder enough to be qualified, quote unquote, checked off. I checked all the boxes and I'm quote unquote qualified to work on a truck, but I'm not a truck. Just man. enough to get in trouble. Yeah, just <laughs> enough, just enough, right? Just enough to say, oh, we need a spot filled. Go over there and you're detailed to ladder three for the day, right? And that's all it was. But yeah, these guys were ladder guys. Yeah, no, no, yeah. for real. And these guys yeah, were truck men. And I said, look, and I told, I, I went to, you know, turned to one of the guys and I said, look, we're going to be out every day, day and night. We're going to be out training because I need you to work with me. We need to work together because I want to get to your level as far as technical ability on the ladder. Right. Leadership. I had straight, man. I, w I was comfortable with that. I can lead. I can lead them. I can deal with personnel issues. I can command, you know, I have a command presence at the fire ground. I had no problem with that, but I needed to become a truckman as a captain. And what I do, I'm humble. I'm telling, look, I don't know. I don't know everything. I just know how to put all the right pieces together. Right. All you have to do is have the right resources and know who's an expert at what. Right. And, and orchestrate that on the fire ground is what you needed to do as a company officer. Right. And that's exactly what I did. And that's what we work on with. That's what we should be work on, working on with our up and coming, you know, officers, right. Up and coming personnel that want to move into that position eventually is say, look, man, it's okay for you not to know everything. You're not going to know everything. You know, it's okay for you to make mistakes. It's okay for me, for you to, to recognize and, 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 and accept the fact that you're going to have to learn something at every single job. You're going to have to learn something with, you know, depending on the crew that's assigned to you, right? Personnel issues and what, whatever the case is, you have to learn that. And that's okay. That's part of the process, right? You, you're yeah. a student of the fire service and you should continue learning throughout your career. And you should also continue learning leadership throughout your entire career. Well, they also don't want you to know everything. They don't want you to be a know-it-all, right? And this, again, you know, I, I talked about this a little while ago about, you know, as long, the longer I am an officer, the more things are starting to circle back after, you know, almost nine years or whatever. Um, one thing I've, what I've learned is, you know, it's more valuable for you to admit what you don't know, or if, you know, if somebody's talking about something and then you're like, Hey, look, man, um, you talked about just for example, you were talking about ordinary construction and, and, and the, the way the uh, floor joists are made and, and that stuff. 
man, I don't know anything about, can you talk to me about like, what are you talking about? Can, hey, yeah. you know, L Street, the 500 block of L Street over here has a couple of those houses. We're going to go over there. I want you to show me exactly what you're talking about because I really have no idea. I looked it up on the internet. I'm still confused. I need your help, you yeah. know, or yeah. somebody's talking about something. And I think another part about that is, you know, you may know the answer. And I'm not saying pretend you don't know the answer. All I'm saying is instead of blurting the answer out, ask somebody what you think they, what they think the answer is. You know, showing that compassion, like the, I don't want, this is going to sound really cliche, but like humanizing being an officer, right? You're, you're not anything, you're no better than anyone else. And I think when you take down that wall of, a, I don't want to say authority, but when you take down that wall of hierarchy, mm -hmm. uh, aristocracy, I think is the word. When you kind of knock all that down and you can really be humble enough for them to see that you just don't know everything, that's right. more powerful than being the officer that always has a comment or always has an opinion or always has something. Sometimes when people talk about stuff, if they're not wrong, just say, yes, yeah, good point. Awesome. Um, yeah, no, that's good, man. You know, you don't always have to interject stuff. You don't always have to have an answer. You don't always have to have an opinion. You don't always have to say, yeah, but, or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. I think that's, and that's something that I had, I didn't really grasp until like the last year, you know? Um, and you know, and I, I know a good example of that, I think too, is, is someone, I'm not going to say their rank because I try to keep my work in this, um, as separate as possible, but the, the examples are just invaluable. Um, someone that I work with regularly, uh, told me one time that, when they first got promoted, they got put in a firehouse that's a uh, rescue squad, which is, I think, like your rescue, and then like a ladder truck, it's a tiller truck, that's it. Person's never worked on a you know a rescue squad before, doesn't know anything about auto extrication or technical rescue or any of that stuff. And, and he told his crew and, and the volunteers that were there, because the, that firehouse is a seven to three day workstation that um, has a lot of, uh, the volunteers are very involved and actually, they're very good, most of them. And he told them, and you know, he told the paid guys and, and, and the, the the volunteers, you know, hey, look, I, I'm gonna need your, I'm gonna need your help. I'm gonna need you to show me the way on this one. I I don't know anything about that. And he, I thought he handled it the right way. I thought it was very humble. I, I think they, again, they knew ahead of time what they were getting into upfront without it being right. a surprise. He didn't fake it. None of that crap. It was, I don't know about extrication, auto extrication, technical rescue. I do know about being a firefighter and kind of where the rescue squad fits into the fits in, um, on the fire ground. And, you know, I've ridden a ladder truck before, you know, and, and I've been a firefighter for a while and, and a technician and a driver and, and, and those the technicians are drivers in our department. Um, yeah. so that's why it's important to have people surrounded with the right people. Yeah. You have to have the right mix. You know, if you have a, a junior officer or if you have someone in a company, forget officer, if you have anyone in a company that's maybe new, uh, to that company or, or not really comfortable with, you know, technical rescue, whatever the case is, you have to have them surrounded by those that can pick up the slack and help them along. Otherwise you're setting that company up for failure. You know, you're setting them up for failure. So you, you have to, you know, staffing your, your, your apparatus. I mean, I know a lot of jurisdictions and, and towns and cities, you don't have a choice. You get who you get and, and you don't get upset, right? It is what it yeah. is. Um, but when you do have an option of, of moving manpower around and saying, you know what, 
yeah, this guy's a good technical rescue guy. This guy really isn't. Let me put these guys together so that he can learn from him or her, whatever the case is. They can work together, train each other. Um, and, and that way I don't have any quote unquote weak links in any one of my companies, right? We're going to kind of a mentorship or an apprenticeship kind of thing, right? To make sure that, that we're working with our, our people and make sure that they're uh, properly trained. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah so many, so many moving parts to, to, to this. Thing. Yeah. I mean, we could probably talk for like eight hours just on, on, yeah. on, on leadership. <laughs> no, no, you're, you're, it's, you're right. You're right. You know, and it's, it's an awesome thing. And I'm passionate about it too, man. And I sure. think, you know, I know you are as well, right? I, I've heard your podcast and, you know, I see, you see your, your social media posts and it's something that's, it is super important. And on a company level, like you, I know you, you put out a lot of posts on the company level. That's where it starts, man. You know, that's where sure. it starts. You know, the, the firefighters are there to make the captain look good, right? Or the company officer, company officer is there to make the, the battalion chief or the deputy chief look good. And deputies there to make the department look good. Yeah, sure. and that's just the way it works, you know? And you just got to kind of put the right team together. And everybody on the team doesn't have to be, uh, you know, a starter, right? And so right. you just have to put the right combination of people together. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to be an all-star to do great things, right? I'm not a huge football fan, but look at Tom Brady. I think he got drafted in like the 10th round. He was the backup quarter at Michigan State, backup quarterback, excuse me, (laughs) and Michigan State. And the only reason why he plays, the other guy quit. Yeah. And then he turned around and became one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah. So the whole point is it comes to to that exact point. It's not your circumstances. It's the individual and how you handle them, regardless Mm -hmm. of what it is. You know, it, it, it can, it can be anything, um, you know, in, in, in life or in the fire service or in leadership and, and ultimately what it always continuously, continuously boils down to, and it, it, there's no way to get around this. It's just what it will be. It all boils down to the individual. It, it really does. And, 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 you know, whether you're in the Marines, you're in the, in the fire department, the army, it, whatever it is, the one yeah. consistent thing is humanity or our, yeah. our people, you, right. you know, and, and, and people that want to be there and want to be led and people that want to lead. That's right. really what it is. No matter yeah. what, you know, no matter how much fluff you add to it, no matter what city you work in, none of that matters. It's all being a human being and the, the psychological effects of leadership, the psychological yeah. side of leadership. Um, yeah, the and, greatest, and, the greatest, the most important, the most crucial piece of equipment on the fire ground is the firefighter. You know, correct. is 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 the person, right? Is firefighter, fire personnel, regardless of rank, right? That is the most crucial piece of equipment on the fire ground. You know, regardless of you know how much apparatus costs and tools and this, that, and the other. Obviously, you need all that to get the work done. But without the firefighter, without the, the company officer, without the chief officer, without these guys and gals on the fire ground, nothing else matters. And we got to work on developing those people. We have systems in place for maintenance checks, right? Apparatus maintenance checks, tool checks. Uh, you know, uh, we we do this so we make sure that we have serviceable tools and apparatus, right, and ready ready to go on the fire ground. We have to do the same for our people as well. Make sure that our people are serviceable and ready to work. Right, ready for the worst possible scenario, which our guys had on Thanksgiving. You know, one of our worst possible scenarios. Right, they were ready to work, right? Because we invest in our people, 
you know, and that's why, you know, as I said before, like, you know, taking the test is one thing and, and yeah, it's hard and you have to invest time and effort and money, you know, into it. If you, if you really want to do well, um, but you got to invest in yourself, right? You got to invest in yourself more importantly and, and, and make sure that you are preparing yourself to lead other people because they're counting on you. They're going to be counting on you on that day or three o'clock in the morning. Sure. And you know what? <clears throat> the most important person or the most important thing on the fire ground are the firefighters and the most influential tool or the most important tool on the fire ground is between the firefighters ears. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yep. just the way it is. Your brain, yep. you, your personality, your experience, all of those things are, is, is key. Right. The, the brain is your, your mind, which goes into your training, your knowledge, your experience, all those things. That is that is the, the, the most important tool on the fire ground that you have to keep yourself in check, keep clean, keep ready to go, do your maintenance on all of that. It all that anchors everything mm-hmm. in life, in the fire department, in leadership. Is 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 the is the brain. Um, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So, Al, I think this is a good spot to kind of end this. I, I think this was a great discussion. I, you know, I mean, you're you're right on key with everything you're saying with your foundation um, or foundation uh, with your ideology of foundational leadership. Um, you know, ultimately, you have to have a foundation before promotion. That that's kind of the the mantra of this podcast episode. And, and I really hope the listeners out there um, truly understand that. And I know I went through this in my career and, you know, if this applies to you and you need to take a self-reflection and realize you need to change direction and, and, and improve and become a better officer, or if, you know, you're looking at promoting and, and you think that you may not be ready, or you may think promotion is not for you. It's okay, but be humble and and make the adjustments as necessary. If you're if you're someone hiding in an office and you want to continuously promote, and reality's coming and time will come where you're going to get exposed, and you know, just be be prepared for that. And you know, hopefully, it's something you can um, admit to yourself, and and you can fix things as well. So yeah, and that's and, a broad stroke you- of brush, but. Yeah. And, and just, you know, one other thing that I think is extremely important. Yeah, uh, if you have anything else you want to close out with or any, any other, anything we may not have touched on, please, by all means, the floor is yours. Yeah, no, no, just, you know, something that's important is, is I know that, you know, depending on how your jurisdiction tests, right, whether it's civil service or, or city test or town test, HR, whatever the case is, whether it's a written exam, whether it's an oral uh, presentation, whether it's a combination of the two. Um, a lot of times your, your city will provide you with a, uh, a reading list, uh, bibliography, right? These are the books that we're going to test you on. Um, these are, these are the books that you have to know, whether it's, you know, Norman, uh, or, you know, um, done fire ground strategies, whatever the case is, right? These are the books that we're going to test you on. Uh, could be your, your department's SOPs or directives, rules and regulations really depends on the city itself. Um, but these are the things that we're going to look for you to be able to answer. Um, and a lot of times they might give you a scenario where, you know, you, you're given a, a specific structure fire and they'll give you the background information and they'll tell you something happens, something goes wrong. How do you handle this incident? And then you have to be able to answer that question confidently. 
um, in a prescribed amount of time. Now, students will start studying for that and, and start dedicating a lot of time in reading the books and being able to answer these questions. And then they take the test and they do well and they get promoted and they think they're done. Right. At that point, they think they're done. They've made it. I don't have to read this anymore. I don't have to study this. But that there's nothing that's, that couldn't be further from the truth, because like I said before, that's only going to get you to a position where you're promotable. But you have to be a consummate student of the fire service because things change. You know, UL studies, uh, flow path, um, lithium ion batteries. Um, active shooter, technical rescue. I mean, things change and you have to be able to keep up with that. Um, you know, not just for the next promotional exam, for the next rank, but for real life, right? Because, you know, what, what good is it that you did well on your promotional exam? You scored number one, number two, you get promoted. And now the real incident takes place and, and you don't know what the hell to do because all you did was memorize something. You memorize key phrases and key words and memorize the speech or something like that, but you don't put it into action, would say is, is, you know, great, get yourself promoted, know why you want to get promoted, right? And hopefully it's for the right reasons, but you got to put the time in after, right? To make sure that you're continuing your education because it's super important to continue education after promotion. Very, very, very well said. And there's a lot of very good, uh, very good points to what you brought up. I, you know, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I think, you know, the promotion isn't getting promoted. Isn't your goal. It's a rung in the ladder of success. Um, you know, you need to, you need to, you need to be the the leader when you're, when you're the officer, obviously that goes without being said. And, and, and there's a difference between being promotable and being effective. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, gotta be effective efficient proficient all those action words of 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 doing your job so totally agree um you know it, it it's more than just a test it's more than just a title it's more than just you know bars on your collars or bugles on your hat or mm -hmm. a white you know having a white helmet or a white coat it's not about any of that. It's about the individual that those things um, mark. Right? Right. Those are things just so people know what you are. Who you are is you. Who you are is your individual abilities, knowledge, and, and, and execution of those skills in that position. Um, and, and I think you should, you should earn your title. Um, but earning your title isn't something you do on a test. It's something you should be doing every day by situation, both good days and bad days, good decisions, bad decisions. You're going to have both of them. Um, you know, and, and, and that's just the way it is. Yep. Um, you know, I made a post on social media about ripples in the pond. Everything you do has an, has a consequence. Things are, they're going to, it's going to affect everything and everyone. And as a leader, you need to understand it's not just the fire ground. It's people have lives, wives, kids, husbands, all those things. So your reach and your ripples in life and in the fire department go beyond what you think they do. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. Leave, your leave, sure. leave your mark. Do the right thing. Be there for your people. Build them up. 
take care of them, take care of yourself most of all. And that's not to be selfish, but if you can't take care of yourself and, and be effective and be in the best position to be a leader, you're not going to be able to take care of other people. So Al, no, don't go anywhere. We'll close this out. At the, end of, at the end of your shift, you know, at the end of your shift, take a look at yourself and take, take a look at what you did during your tour. And, and if you're an officer, you know, figure, you know, ask yourself, did, did I do everything that I could have done to make myself and my crew better than they were yesterday? Um, sure. Did I do everything to make sure that we're ready? If I didn't, if you, if the answer is no, then you got some work to do. You know, come and back it's okay and, and it's no. an honest self-reflection. It's got to be an honest self-assessment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when we do fire critiques, right? I make sure that our fire critiques are super honest. We have a fire. We do a critique. I start off the critique by saying, this is what I could have done better. So I'm going to start off by saying, you know, this is how the job went. If I could do anything different, it would be this. Right. Sure. So that kind of opens up the door for everyone else to say, OK, you know what? It's OK to 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 be honest that we made yeah. a mistake or maybe we could have done something a little bit better, a little bit quicker. Maybe the hose line could have been placed a little, you know, whatever the case is. Right. But that that has to be an honest critique. So have an honest critique of, of yourself. Right. And of your crew and then fix it. Right. If if you realize that you need to make a change, you need to make an adjustment. Now we got to put the work in and, and, and make it work. Sure. And it's, and it's okay. It's okay. If you're, you're, if you do self-reflection and it's not good, it's okay. Right. You're admitting yeah. it, you're acknowledging it, you're moving forward with it. Um, you know, don't, don't go, I'm going to close this out. Don't go anywhere. Um, when most of all, um, thank you for your time. I, I greatly appreciate this. I knew this was going to be a great conversation. It, you know, every time we've talked, it always has been, awesome. um, real quick, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they reach you? Do you have social media, anything like that? And if you do, um, you know, give everyone, uh, you know, how they can get a hold of you if they want to. Yeah. So, uh, so on Instagram, uh, promotional prep, uh, I run the, uh, uh, the, the page for promotional prep so they can reach me there. Uh, make sure that you, uh, you follow us and, and send me a, you know, send me a direct message anytime. Um, you can also go on uh, promotionalprep.com. Um, there's an email address on there. You can send uh, any questions regarding uh, the promotional testing process. Um, we've done tailor-made programs for you know different departments in different states and and jurisdictions. So um, you know if you have any questions regarding the promotional process or or us putting together a tailor-made uh, program, um, just make sure to reach out to us and uh, we'll take care of you. Thank you. So we're going to add links to all of that in the description below or below, geez, in the description of the episode. Um, so again, chief, I appreciate you. Um, everybody, please make sure you like subscribe and share to the podcast. Uh, help us grow. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody, uh, the holidays coming. We're going to probably take a break here on the podcast, uh, and, uh, end the season. So there's going to be more episodes and then we're going to take a break and we'll probably come back sometime after the first of the year. So most of all, I, and I, and I, if, you know, hopefully everybody's still listening, the biggest thing to take away from this, and I can't emphasize this enough because it's one of the lessons I've had to learn as a company officer the hard way is, um, there's a difference between being promotable on paper and being effective as a leader, as an officer, and as a human being in the firehouse foundation will always be should always be before promotion and if you're not ready to lead don't it's that simple um you know 
don't be upset and don't be embarrassed of your shortcomings. We all have them. I have them. It's okay. Make yourself better. Do what you need to do to get to that next level. And uh, thank you guys. I can't appreciate you enough. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you enough. Have a great day. And uh, tip of the spear leadership, be present, be yourself, be unstoppable. Thank you guys. You have a great day and see you soon.